0: blessing music is tonight i tell you you some of you experience that you go out of town and go to other churches which you appreciate again i appreciate there's sister churches out there to attend who believe like we do and preach like we do and but uh there's nothing like heritage when it comes to music and also just the spirit um i, I'm, I appreciate that you still say amen when when we preach i uh, i know that the men who preached while i was gone appreciate that and uh, you go to a church where there's where there isn't that doesn't happen and i just want to encourage you again no, never let our church lose the shout and uh somebody who who never say amen amen simply means i agree and i just encourage you uh to to chime in from time to time when the lord places it upon your heart say amen um uh, uh, jump a pew or something uh, Miss Kent Watts, I want you to know that from Florida, I tried to buy your chocolate pecan pie. I had, I had, kids, my uh, family texted me how much you want to go up to, and then I understand that Jerry England, when my son bid a hundred or whatever, that he just went two hundred or something, and just my wife should have stepped stu- <laughs> stepped up the plate and I guess and went higher, but she said she wasn't going to do it, so, but. I understand the bake auction went really well so looking forward to our kid, our young people going to camp appreciate again the generosity of our church Matthew chapter 16 I'm, I'm chatty tonight a um, lot on my mind I have the opportunity of course to pre- teach out the school today as I do every Wednesday out at Norris enjoy teaching those students got one more class left out there and uh, just as a reminder the IBFI fellowship the Independent Baptist Fellowship International Uh, The school, Norris, the fellowship meetings in two weeks, so not next Wednesday, but the next Wednesday after that, I want to encourage our church to travel to Worth Baptist. We haven't done this in years. Some of y'all who are from Lakeland and years ago, we used to travel uh, on Wednesday nights with the fellowship to hear Dr. Barber preach. And so Brother Cox is going to have a Bible study here, but those who would like to, including myself and a lot of the staff are going to head down south to Worth Baptist Church on Wednesday night and listen to Dr. Barbara preach and just just to be a part of that. They came to our church member uh, two years ago COVID messed up last year and we had the big choir the big uh, combined choir and so we'd like to start doing that every year to travel on that Wednesday night in May and uh, whether there's only three churches that are that are conducting or hosting those meetings our, our church, Victor Baptist Church in Weatherford and then Worth Baptist Church so Hopefully, in the the years to come, we'll travel on that Wednesday night. Encourage you to travel. You don't have to, but encourage you to travel. We'll have an option here. Uh, Brother Cox, you know, he does a pretty good job. Uh, We'll have that option here for you to come here and and hear good preaching as well. All right, so Matthew chapter 16, continue our series uh, on uh, back to the basics. Back to the basics, just basic Bible doctrine. Tonight, I know some of this especially because we really harped on this the last uh, few months from Christmas on about Jesus Christ being God but I hope that you won't tune me out i got a couple of verses I think that will really pique some of your interest uh, maybe something you haven't seen before and uh, so I'm excited about this particular lesson and if you're following in your discipleship book on continue I hope maybe you've already done the lesson and you're ready to go you've gone through the devotionals this week you can still get that book I don't know Brother Glenn if we still have some or if we ordered some more we do have some more now uh, you can buy that discipleship book and you can work through it before, uh, before that Wednesday night. You keep up with the bulletin. We'll miss some Wednesday nights. And that way you'll know which Wednesday nights we're going to miss And, and uh, in this series. So we covered the Word of God and we gave you even a, um, a recommended book that you can get on the King James and why we use the King James. Last Wednesday night, or Wednesday night before last, we, we covered uh, the subject of knowing God. I did not bring this book with me uh, when I preached on that a few Wednesday nights ago, but I do want to encourage you, if you would like more information, a good read on the attributes of God, this is the best book by far, by far. Readable, too. It's very readable on on the attributes of God. It's called The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. It is one of my top five favorite books, by far. Easy, not a bad read, not a hard read. And it would encourage you, I promise you, it would be a blessing to you. There's a couple of them back there in the bookstore. And uh, Glenn could help you with that. Miss Vianney could help you with that. For tonight, I'm going to try to recommend a book on Ever Study if we can. Uh, this book is called uh, The Second Person by Layman Strauss, out of print, but you can order them on Amazon and get them used. I bought this one used um, I, here just a few few months ago at the recommendation of Brother Stewart. And uh, so this is a good read. Layman Strauss is a, a, a very readable. I say that because it's not just it's not a high in the sky. theology book. Very readable. You would enjoy it if you want to learn more about the second person of the Godhead uh, Jesus Christ. So there's your two recommendations along with the recommendation a few weeks ago. Matthew 16 verse, look at verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I the son of man am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, you know, Elijah. Some Others, Jeremiah, Sir Jeremiah. by the way, why are, why are those names spelled a little different in the New Testament than they are in the Old Testament? Because you have Greek and Hebrew. So when you translate it from, from the Hebrew to the Greek, this is the, this is the way it's pronounced. So it doesn't hurt at all for me to say Elijah and Jeremiah. Same people. Just because Hebrew and Greek are different. I just thought I'd clarify that with you if, not, if you didn't know that. All right, so Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, verse 15. And he saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? I love old Peter. He either either was really, really good or he put his foot in his mouth. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, talking about Jesus himself, I'll build not building the church upon Peter, building upon Christ himself, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, bless the time, bless the reading of your word. I pray, God, that again we'd be encouraged uh, about your dear son and, Lord, who he is. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight's lesson is about Jesus, and who is he? Who is he? Uh, some believe Jesus Christ to be a good man, some a teacher. Some believe to him to be a prophet. Some believing to be an impostor. Think about the Jews and others. But Simon Peter had it right. He said, "Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Thou art the Christ. Thou art the Messiah, thou art the one whom was promised to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. In fact, you're the one that was promised to David. You're the one that was promised to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Thou art the Messiah. You're the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. Now in saying so, Jesus is God. We, we cover this a lot because it's just so important. The deity of Christ. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the, the Bible says, and these three are one. Amen. Jesus Christ is just as much God as though he'd never been man. Just as much man as though he'd never been God. He is the God-man. First uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. And I quote these verses a lot to you. But don't let them just you know, wash off the back of your back. It's so, so amazing that the God, the creator of the universe, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, the incarnation of Christ. God with skin on. Thou art the Christ. Why is this important? Why is it important to know whom Jesus is? Well, in your study guide there, it speaks about, guard number one, it guards against false teachers. There are, there are several who teach and preach and believe that Jesus is not God. We think about some in the cults, uh, Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses, who believe that Jesus Christ is not God. 1 John 4, 3 says, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist. Pretty straightforward. We studied this a few months ago and we gave you the verse where it says, "Be careful about these, these evildoers who go around teaching that Jesus Christ is not God and that you should not allow them in your home. These false teachers. that's how, that's how um, God that's how, uh, that's how God thinks of that. I mean that's, that's how um, grave it is to God. That's how important it is to God that we be careful about being influenced by those who would teach false doctrine concerning the subject of Jesus Christ. Number two, it helps us as we share the gospel. The greater you understand and know who Jesus is, the better able you're able to give the gospel. And I just to tell you that Jesus Christ being God, salvation depends on it. If he was not God, then we are not saved. Because only an infinite God can take all of God's wrath. Only an infinite being can take take the the wrath of an infinite being. Because it's infinite wrath. Everybody, I know that blows our minds. We go, Jesus Christ was God. And then lastly, it allows us to know and follow him. Again, Jesus clearly claimed himself. He claimed it. He claimed to be God. He said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." There, in John chapter six, when he was claiming that he was indeed the Son of God and he was the Messiah, he was God in the flesh. Many of his disciples left him. That's found in John six, six uh, sixty-seven through sixty-nine. Many of his disciples left him, and he turned to his the, the Peter, James, and John, the apostles, and said to them, "Will you go also?" I love what Peter said, does it again. He steps up the plate and says, where, where are we going to go? He says, you're the Messiah. You're the Christ. Where, where are we going to go? And so he, he was indeed the promised Messiah. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Again, as we think about Jesus Christ is God. And we know this because of his names. In Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, he is called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I, I, believe, uh, I believe Isaiah thought the future Messiah, when he's prophesying about the Messiah, I believe he thought the Messiah would be God. He called him the Mighty God. He called him the Everlasting Father. I, I would say that, that Isaiah believed he was, he was God in the flesh. John 20, verse 28, Thomas said, Doubting Thomas, remember old Doubting Thomas? He said to the Lord, thou art, my God, uh, thou, art, uh, thou art my Lord and my God. And that's found in John 20, 28. So the apostles understood, or at least Thomas did, understood, that he was indeed the Messiah and God. And then the verse we've been using on Sunday mornings with Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, where Moses goes uh, when God calls Moses to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. In Exodus chapter 3 verse 14, Moses asks the question to God. He said, when I go to Egypt, what should I tell the Jews uh, that, who has sent me? In Exodus chapter 3 verse 14, God says to Moses, tell them I am that I am has sent you. I am that I am. Jehovah, the self-sufficient, self-existent one. The transcendent one the one who's holy other. And then in John, and I want, you, I want you to turn there since we've been using this verse a lot. Look at John chapter 8. John 8. We're not going to read the whole, the whole passage, but look at John 8 and look at verse 56. Here he's talking to those, you know, those religious crowd. He says, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and saw it and was glad. I love that verse. It means that Abraham understood the gospel. The gospel, according to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 8, the gospel was preached unto Abraham. He saw the day that Messiah would come. He saw Jesus' day and he rejoiced in it. Verse 57, then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am i am and they took up stones to cast at him why would they take up stones to cast at him because he claimed to be the i am when he did that when he did that the religious leaders would have known he is he's taking himself all the way back to exodus 314 that's what you got to get in your mind when those religious leaders heard that they would have said exodus 314 he's claiming to be the one who came to moses there in the burning bush he's the one claiming to be the voice out of the burning bush. He's the one who's claiming to have said, I am that I am, has sent you. Amen? And how do we know that? Because they picked up stones to stone him. Because he claimed to be God. He does, they've done that another time. We're going to see that here in a moment. He claimed to be God. He is called the Son of God. He is called the Son of God God, We won't turn to most of these verses some of you know, but John 3, 16, he's the son of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John chapter 5, again, speaking of Jesus Christ being the son of God. I think, yeah, let's turn there. John chapter 5, look real quick, because this is the other place they talked about stoning him. Look here at John chapter 5. Look at verse 17, if I wrote it down correctly. All right, look here, John chapter 5, verse 17 says, But Jesus answered them, My father worketh here to, uh, hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but he said also that God was his father, making him equal with God. The Jews understood that when he claimed to be the son of God, that that was putting him on equal ground with God that he was claiming to be God. He was indeed God. So, Jesus is God by way of his name. Jesus is God by way of his works. He did things only God could do. We see this in the the way of creation. John 1, 3 says, all things, talking about Jesus, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Only God can create something out of nothing Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says he preserves all things who being in the brightness of his glory in the express image of his person and upholding all things and upholding all things by the word of his mouth set down at the right hand of the throne of God and whoever liveth to make intercession for us but he upholds all things by the word of his power Colossians says by, all, by him talking about Christ all things consist he's the glue that holds the universe together Uh, Paul said in Acts 17 in him we live and move and have our being I quoted those verses here just a couple Sunday mornings ago when we were in this same subject he is God by way of his works he can only do what God can do God can create God preserves and then in Mark chapter 2 you can turn there later Mark 2 verse 7 through 11 the the religious crowd said well Jesus healed a man and and he also forgave him of his sins and the religious cow went, He can't forgive this man of his sins. And Jesus said, Well, is it easier for me to heal him or forgive him of his sins? But can I remind you that only God can forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. Back there in Mark two, seven through eleven, Jesus said, Who can figure who can forgive sin but only God? But God only? And then he gives eternal life. Only God can give eternal life. He, That he should give eternal life. And then Jesus is God not only because of his name, not only names, not only because of his works, but because of those who worshiped him. The Bible makes it very clear that we are only to worship God. Everybody would agree to that. We're to worship God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I mean, we are to worship God and Him alone. In Luke chapter 4, verse 8, Jesus said this Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and Him alone, Him only. Jesus said those same words. But yet, the wise man came to worship Him. The wise man came to worship Him. Those in the ship, when He calmed the sea, they fell at their feet, fell at Jesus' feet and worshiped Him. He didn't go, You guys get up, you can only worship God. He didn't say that at all. No, he accepted their worship. Because he is God. Those in the ship worshipped him. Remember the man he healed who was blind? John chapter 9 verse 38, the Bible says that that man he healed worshipped him. And Jesus Christ accepted his worship. Again, proving that he was indeed God. Not only is he God because of his names and because of his works, He's God because of the deity that is shown through his attributes. And there, there's, there's many in the book. If you, if you are going through the book, there's gives you many. I'm not going to cover all of them. But I'm telling you, Jesus Christ exhibited his, his characteristics, coincide with God. Jesus Christ is omnipotent. Hello? Hello? Matthew 28 verse 18 Jesus said all power is given unto me in heaven and earth I think that makes him pretty powerful all-powerful and, you, and we, watched, we, we read of him calming the sea raising the dead <laughs> I mean he's all-powerful only God's all-powerful only God can control the wind and the, only God can control the rain he is God he's omni- Jesus Christ was omniscient John 16 verse 30 he said now are we sure that thou knowest all things? His disciples said that. Now we are sure that thou knowest all things. By the way, Matthew sixteen twenty one, he predicted his own death. He's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he knows all things, he's all-powerful, he knows everything. And then he's omnipresent. This is an interesting one. He said in Matthew 28, verse 20, he said, And lo, I am with you always even into the end of the world. But I do want to show you a verse tonight that'll pique some of your interest. Look at John chapter 3. John 3, and look at verse 12 with me. And there's other verses we could turn to that speak about him being omniscient. So here's the thing. Here it is. Even when he was in flesh, even when God was manifest in the flesh, when he was in that body here on earth, he was still all-powerful. Even though he had humbled himself and come to this earth, he was all-powerful. He was also omniscient. He knew everything. Jesus Christ knew everything. Everything. He knew someone sitting under a tree. He he saw the disciples rowing when it was dark. I mean, he didn't need binoculars or night vision. No, he, he, he knew everything. And then also, here's the one that blows your mind he's here in the flesh but he's still omnipresent he's still present everywhere when he said where two or more are gathered together in my name there am i in the midst of he he was in the flesh and yet he said if there are two people praying and meeting i will be there with them well how can he be there and there you know in the body here and still there? because he's god he doesn't cease from being god when he became flesh he laid aside his glory he didn't lay aside his deity and there are just oodles. That's, I use that word on purpose. There are oodles of people and denominations and religious uh, you know, institutions that teach that he was limited in his divinity when he was here on earth. Let me tell you, the Bible never, ever, ever says that and never teaches that. He was, and I love this verse, he was omnipresent. Look at this. Look at John chapter 3 and verse 12. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe? if I tell you of heavenly things. Look at this. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is what? The Son of Man came down, but is still in heaven? Yes. Now who's talking here? Who's speaking? This is Jesus speaking. And he said the Son of Man you know, descended down, but the Son of Man, which is in heaven. I, I think that pretty well settles it, doesn't it? Even though he was in that earthly body, even though he had be humbled himself and, and be, became like a man, uh, he was still omnipresent. In other words, he, he's still everywhere at the same time. You, know, you say, well, I, I just can't believe that because I can't conceive it. Well, it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Remember the old bumper sticker? Well, I... Jesus said it, I believe it, that settles it. That bumper sticker's wrong. I don't have to believe it. Jesus said it, that settles it. The Word of God says it, that settles it. I don't have to believe it or not believe it. Uh, And I'm I'm not trying to be sarcastic with you. This is amazing. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God in the flesh, omnipresent, while here on earth. And then the Bible speaks of him being eternal, eternal. Speaks of him being immutable. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Hebrews 13:8. He is holy. He is holy. Jesus Christ was holy. Only God is holy. He is holy. Jesus Christ, in claiming to be God, he is either a liar or a lunatic. That's what the world, you know. if, If you if you meet a person who says, Well, I just don't believe that Jesus Christ is God. I don't believe that Jesus Christ was what he said he was. Well, then you're saying he's a liar or you believe he's a lunatic or some kind of split personality or whatever the case is. No, that's what the world thinks. But Jesus Christ indeed is the son of God. He was more than just a good teacher. He was more than um, you know, teaching great moral values. He was the son of God. By the way, it goes into our next point the Son of God, the Savior of the world. The Savior of the world. He is God, but He humbled Himself in order that He might save mankind from their sins. He said He came to seek and to save that which is lost. He came to us. He was virgin born. Luke chapter, uh, again, chapter 2, verses 26, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 36. He was Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah 7, 14 spoke of His virgin birth. He was sinless. He died for us. He came to us. He died for us. He took God's wrath for us. He paid our sin debt. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Death. That's the debt that we owed, And Jesus Christ came and paid that debt for us. He saves us. And the Bible says, "...for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." when you transfer your trust from all other sources of salvation, when you transfer your trust from all other uh, sources of what, we, what the world out there believes to get them to heaven and tr- put your trust in Jesus, he saves you. Transfer your trust from baptism, transfer your trust from your good works, transfer your trust from whatever you're putting your trust in to get you to heaven. You put your trust in Jesus, he saves you. His life, his death, and his resurrection. In other words, when we turn from our self-effort to Jesus, he saves us. John chapter 4, verse 14 says, The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. I hope tonight you're saved. Do you have a salvation testimony? Could you, could you tell me what that is? I can't do it all here tonight. But can you reiterate, is there a time when you remember that you trusted in Christ as your Savior? I hope there is. If not, you can be saved tonight. Whether you're watching online or here in the auditorium, today's the day of salvation, the Bible says. He's the Savior of the world. And then he is, Jesus Christ, not only is God and the Savior of the world, but he is the risen Lord. By the way, that's proof of his deity. Proof that he's indeed God and that he had no sins of his own. The Bible records ten different recorded appearances of Jesus Christ after he rose from the dead. In Acts chapter 1, verse 3, it showed, he showed himself multiple times to individuals and groups and then to 500 at one time. He indeed rose from the dead. Jesus Christ is now working amongst us, building his churches. He said, I will build my church. He should be Lord of our lives. He saved us. He should be boss. Not only is he our savior, but he's our Lord. We as Christians ought to be accountable to him. By the way, we are accountable to him. But we should be obedient. We should be obedient. The Bible says the proof of your salvation, the proof of that I have been saved is that I am willing that I voluntarily submit myself to Jesus Christ as his disciple. Proof is in the pudding. If you're genuinely saved, then you'll want to please him and obey him. If you truly got it, if you truly got the stuff, if you truly accepted him, then your want to will change. We become a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I don't know about you, but my want to changed. I still do things I don't want to do. I do them anyway because my old flesh is strong. Then the Holy Spirit convicts me, and I'm thankful I can go to the Lord, 1 John 1, 9, and ask him to forgive me my sins, and he forgives me. What a blessing, amen? But my want to is to please the Lord. That's proof that I'm saved. I want to please him because I love him. And I'm so thankful for what he did for me on Calvary. I'm so thankful that he puts up with me. Honestly, my wife puts up with me. That's a big deal. I can't believe Brother Laddis' wife's still putting up with him. The man that's got so much energy. But God puts up with us. He knows our very thoughts. And we've we've studied there in the prophets where it says he knows our secrets. He knows every thought we've ever had, and yet he still loves us. And gave his son on the cross for us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? We get, over it too, we get over it too easy. Man, what a, what a God we have. What a, what a wonderful Savior we have. God in the flesh. We as Christians ought to read the Word of God every day. Amen. And then when according to James, we ought to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Applying that Word to our lives. As we think about Jesus Christ and who He is... It reminds us that we should reject any teacher who denies the deity of Jesus Christ. Reject them. Flat out reject them. Then we should look for opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We live in a world that needs the gospel. They've always needed the gospel to today more than ever. People are looking for good news. We need to give them the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then remember He is with us. He is with you. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. That during times of temptations, He's there. In times of the world's enticement, He is there. In times of that weak flesh, He is there. When we experience detours in life, when things don't seem to go right, He's there with us. I'm thankful for that, aren't you? I'm thankful that He gives us grace and help in the time of need. Grace and help. I'm thankful for the Lord. And, uh, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlitt.org.